The Drive Home with Kent and Dick on Mix 96. Uh, it's just absolutely shocking and shattering, heartbreaking, devastating, any word you can imagine in that sector. All right, I'm joined by Arlie Lowen. And Arlie, you're living in Blue North these days, is that correct? That's right, yes. And what are you up to these days? I'm totally drowned with the Afghanistan crisis. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming that kind of takes over the life at this point in time. Tell me about your connection with Afghanistan. Well, I've had a 40-year connection in uh, various fronts. I've worked, I've been sent at my home church uh, as a faith-based worker overseas, so I've worked with Afghans in many fronts, in the civil society sector, in academics, in culture, and then also with the uh, fledging uh, Afghan church, with the Christians, and involved in media and in discipleship training for young Afghan Christians. And it's been all over, lived in Pakistan for many years. I did a master's in Persian language there, lived in Toronto for many years. I did a master's and a PhD in Middle Eastern civilization, so I have a long experience in culture and academics. And then I'm also director of a media ministry that we do media broadcasts and discipleship uh, for Afghans into Afghanistan. We've lived in Afghanistan. I started a publishing house there, too. And, uh, yeah, we published many, many books uh, for for children, good books, value-based books, cultural books, uh, leadership books, till yesterday, basically. Right. Yeah. So I'm 64. I've spent 40 years basically uh, nonstop with Afghans and Afghanistan in various formats. Right, and you've lived there for a number of those years as well. That's right. Yeah, I lived there for four years inside Afghanistan with my wife and our two daughters, and we had a very positive experience, though it wasn't easy. That was during this 20 years of, of, of what we would call development and progress. And then since we left in 2007, I've gone back basically every year, sometimes twice a year, to be involved in in various projects in the universities and government institutions and so forth. So you've still got some, some close connections there. I'm on phone, yeah, with uh, inside Afghanistan on a daily, basically a daily basis, yeah. Okay. Well, we've seen a lot in the news recently with the Taliban sweeping through as, as uh, militaries leave. I'm going to, this is a fairly open question, but kind of broadly to start, what are your thoughts on, on the situation that's going on right now? How are you connected? What are your thoughts there? Uh, it's just absolutely shocking and shattering, heartbreaking, devastating, any word you can imagine in that sector. And that's for all, I would say, for all Afghan community that are in in civil society, that experienced the, some freedoms, and, and they just can't believe. I was just, as you called, I was listening to another voicemail of a guy in, in, in Herat, university professional, and he's himself just shocked. How, what's ha- what has happened? Yesterday, pictures came mm-hmm. of the Taliban entering the presidential palace. Yeah. And there they are, sitting where just an hour or two hours before the president, Ashraf Ghani, whom, by the way, I've actually had a meal with him one time, way back before he was president. And um, now the Taliban are running. What will this mean? People are just panicking utter dismay, uh, chaos, confusion. What will they, what the Taliban are giving us different messages. Some say we want to maintain links with the international community. Others are going, you know, the, the thing that all Taliban have in common, though they might have different stripes of emphases, the thing that all Taliban have in common is Sharia law. 
they have a very conservative interpretation of Sharia law, and they want to implement that. And so the Afghan people are shocked. Even conservative Muslims are shocked. This, the, the women, the media community, the educational community, and then the small Christian minority, they're just all in... Uh, in, in, in shock and in trauma and I have a team that I have ten, 15 Afghans on my team they're all outside Afghanistan they are in utter shock the, basically the Afghan community across the board feels utterly betrayed by what the USA uh, military powers did deep yeah. deep sense of betrayal what are some of these people going through? I mean, obviously, the Taliban sweeping through. Um, are, 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 are there, is there imprisonment? Is imprisonment the, the Christian community? What's kind of the day-to-day life? Well, it's day-to-day. It's today is the second day. Right. Yesterday they came in. They opened. Are they imprisoned? They opened the prison. There was a video clip of where just hundreds of prisoners were now running across the street. Uh, you know, criminals and bandits and Al-Qaeda, terrorists and Talibs and whoever. Everything is, they're all freed. They are, the, 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 you know, so in some areas where the Talibs have already been, you know, in control for maybe a couple of weeks, the Afghans tell us it's quiet, they're leaving us alone, and the only issue is that we must make wear the covering so that the women have to wear the hijab or the burqa. So that's what we hear in some areas. And in other areas, we hear that they're going door to door, that the Talibs are going door to door and searching. So people are destroying all evidence of any connection with Christianity or any connection with government or with internationals or with, uh, yeah, with, with the NGOs and so forth. It's, it's utter panic right now. So the day-to-day, this, uh, this um, afternoon, uh, see, it's now nighttime as we are speaking. It's nighttime in Afghanistan. So shop, some shops did open. They have like the daily, uh, you know, the bakery that you know bakes the daily bread. Some of those bread shops open today. Um, yeah, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Will it be uh, uh, an, an absolute tyrannical uh, Sharia law, uh, or will it be some kind of transitional sanity uh, where they will bring in, they will allow the technocrats that are in the ministries to continue? the regular, you know, day-to-day affairs of the schools and stuff. We don't know. It is just such a shock. We're all just reeling in shock at this point. Now, I know you had mentioned the utter betrayal, and um, I, this is an incredibly complex issue, but is there anything that could be done in this situation that's that's obvious or wow. right in front of us? <sighs> well, uh, you know, Canada, the federal government... Uh, you know, I don't know if they do it out of just sort of feeling guilty. They they released a, a statement on Friday that, that you know, their Can- Canadian government is ha- helping Afghans that worked with the troops as translators and stuff like that. So that's fine and well. That's happening. That's between the Canadian military and then their translators that they had in Afghanistan. Incidentally, I, I related to, you know, some of those as well. I knew some of the Canadian military, at least their first round. But now on Friday, Justin Trudeau uh, stated that we will open up this, uh, pro- uh, this program to 20,000 vulnerable Afghans that are vulnerable either. They've been involved in, in women activism and human rights activism uh, and uh, religious minorities and then also the uh, gay community. 
And so I have been working since Saturday. What does this mean? I'm working with MCC. I hope that somehow we can help the very the doubly vulnerable. Everybody is vulnerable, the women, the children, uh, and so forth. They're vulnerable, but Christians, they're doubly vulnerable because they're also in civil society. They've also tasted freedom, but they have also, uh, they have all come from Muslim background and uh, are following Jesus now, and that there is a significant, very underground community uh, of Afghan Christians. Sure. So as you mentioned, I mean, you're working pretty tirelessly. I imagine this has taken up most of your time? Yeah, I mean, we lead a small team ourselves, and we're trying to help this team uh, cope with the utter pain and, and betrayal, you know, and so we're, we've, got, we've got to deal with our own trauma as well. And so we're dealing with that, and how can we best continue to serve the Afghan people in this crisis? It's 20 years. When the Taliban took over in 1996, yeah. they swept, there was also a swift sweep through Afghanistan. They took over chaos and destruction, and they implemented a strict, uh, oppressive regime and there was a sense of peace. I once talked to a bunch of Taliban during that time. We were living in Pakistan then, at least for some of the time, and they asked me, what, uh, what do you think of the Taliban? And I said, well, uh, you put half of your people behind pr- in prison, that which means uh, the women. And then they said, Afghanistan is peace and quiet. And then they said, well, so is a, and then I said, well, so is a cemetery. So back then, when there was chaos and destruction, they instituted a a very restrictive regime, which was, you know, we've, which has become legendary, and out of that came Al Qaeda. Well, not, but Al Qaeda was embedded in there. And then 9/11 happened, and then since 9/11, Afghanistan experienced freedom. And um, sure, there was corruption, there was violence, there was a mess, and that is one of the problems. There was all this corruption, all this violence. But all this freedom in 20 years, the schools, kids going to school, books, I've written books and all that. And now it's all, you know, has that all gone to the wind? Are we Now they're taking over, a civ, I would say, a prosperity and, 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 and development. And what's, what's that going to look like now? How will they impose that restrictive regime henceforth? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we thank you so much for, for, for your thoughts, Arlie, and for your perspective. Okay, Kenton, thank you so much.